Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk for lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blindly passing, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his fire. Thank you, Lord, for leading us to a place where we can develop a greater uh, intimacy with you in our walk. Thank you for uh, restoring at least some measure of profits out there, at least one that, you know, I've found thus far. I Some of them have gone missing, Father, and we just pray in Jesus' name that you'll anoint and touch those out there that we would be able to be edified, and uh, not just edified about the good things, but edified about the bad things that are coming and to be made aware. Uh, maybe a little bit more um, information, Father, if at all possible, about what's coming in the imminent future. Lord, we just praise you for the opportunity to be able to serve you. We thank you for our incredibly strange lives. Many of us can look back on over 40, 50 years of time and see how your incredible and supernatural hand has been uh, so intimately involved in the evolution of our uh, uh, lives and the things that have happened to us, and uh, and also be, to be able to see the positive net gain or, or results of that, uh, where when we went through difficult refiner's fire or whatever, uh, you know, whatever, whatever difficult times and for whatever reason they were, that, all, that the net uh, end result was ultimately positive in the sense that we would be better qualified to be able to touch other people's lives through our ministry, our testimony, and also be better at the ready uh, for the days that we know that we have ahead of us but have no idea how long it's going to take to get there. And Father, as virtually probably about 50 or 60, maybe 70 percent of the prophecies that we've been following over the last several years 
have said, yes, indeed, we are growing weary. We are growing more weary, more weary than we can even articulate. And we just we but at the same time, Lord, we are also excited because we see the things happening around us. And we just pray in the name of Jesus that you will continue to move the judgments on the earth forward. We pray in the name of Jesus that there is no timeline hindrance and that um, uh, whatever your perfect timing is will continue uh, without uh, without re- uh, what's the word? Uh, without your relenting, uh, we we have every reason to believe that it will. Uh, the trend has definitely aligned to that thus far, and we pray in the name of Jesus that it continues. Uh, otherwise, a lot of us are going to get a lot more tired, a lot more uh, frustrated, and struggle even more so than we have uh, as we uh, you know do the very very best that we can to continue to 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 tarry on and to grow closer to you, to continue to pray fervently for the lost to continue to trust you more and more in our walks that are so convoluted and unusual and supernatural that it's very difficult to to put into words but you know that better than anybody father and we just praise you for the places that you have placed each one of us the supernatural divine uh, guidance and um you know touch that you have, uh, you know, and, and events that, that you have uh, brought to bear upon each of our lives to bring us to the place that we're at, that we may be able to glorify you in the days ahead. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will continue to anoint us, open our eyes, give us a supernatural anointing and outpouring of, of discernment, a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit gift of faith, the Holy Spirit gift of a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, Father God. We need to be able to see these things. We need to be able to understand what it is we're looking at. We need to be able to sense the deception of the darkness and help us father to be able to spend more time uh, even in our busyness and we know that the busyness associated with many of our existences here on the earth is by design we know that uh, Satan is using it to his advantage uh, it uh, there is only so many hours in the day and so much sleep a person might be fortunate enough with your blessing to be able to receive in any given night uh, with the stress that's associated with working in in an uh, in, in, in any workplace worldwide right now because of the attacks that are happening across the world, because of the, the financial collapse that is well within progress, because of the uh, the ups and the downs of the stock market, the, the, you know, the hirings, the hiring freezes, the layoffs, and all the other dynamics that are taking place, the imminent, uh, uh, um, I don't know, is it the running out, complete running out of all diesel fuel, uh, the interruptions uh, that are imminent on the supply line, the food prices going through the roof as we've seen consistently but not but much more much worse in in Europe uh, and 10 times worse even in Africa and different places father we see them happening we know the tidal wave is heading this way we pray that you will give us the courage to stand strong and to believe in the power that you have given us through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to the point that we're going to be able to put an empty pot on the stove stand around it hold hands and pray over it put a lid on it and go to bed and wake up the next day with enough food to eat for the entire week. We need that kind of faith. We need your anointing to reach that place in our walk, and we praise you for that, Father, because there is probably little chance that we'll be able to endure much of the things that are uh, that are coming. Uh, uh, we hope that we will be uh, out of here as part of the barley harvest before a lot of these things occur, but we don't know, and we ask you, Father, for all uh, of the um, anointings that, we, that you will afford us in accordance with your word. And now to you, 
our Lord Jesus, who is able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless before the presence of your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, dominion, majesty, and power both now and forever. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, uh, what do I say here? You know, um, I think I'm going to sign up for $5.99 a month on my Fire TV stick or whatever. Got a lot. I, uh, everything, all, all my TVs in, in the house are running. I've even gotten rid of my cable boxes because I just can't see paying that insane amount of money for hundreds of channels of, stu- of, of stuff I don't watch. I don't watch it. I'm not going to pay $130 a month uh, so I can occasionally, once in a blue moon, watch a little bit of Fox. Um, I can't tolerate and stomach uh, the endless stream of lies, at least on Fox, while there's a lot of lies, and it's certainly controlled mind control media. There's no doubt about it. At least occasionally a few things slip through and they allow it because it's profitable for them like, you know, some of the stuff that Tucker Carlson shares occasionally, uh, you know, and, but anyway, so ev- evidently uh, on Fox Nation uh, with uh, with Amazon Fire TV, you can uh, or or you, it might be on Roku or whatever, but um, it's a, it's an app uh, called Fox Nation and they got Kaylee McEnany, I don't know how to say her name, but anyway, she's uh, supposedly doing a special, some type of a midterm election countdown deal. Now, I'm fascinated by that. And, um, you know, what I typically do, I actually have a shortcut programmed into my phone to take me to the digital subscription services of Amazon Prime. And the reason why I have that there is because at the single press of a button, I go right to the website and I can unsubscribe to any of the um, 
you know, subscription services that you can get buried under so easily. And next thing you know, you're paying, you know, another $130 a month for 15 or 20, you know, you, you got like everything and you, and you and you don't know how to get rid of it or you don't remember what you got and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just not going to allow that to happen to me uh, because, because uh, Florida's going to, they're going to triple or quadruple our homeowner's insurance uh, come January. And it's going to, um, a lot of people are going to lose their houses. Yeah, a lot of people that have had their houses for 20, 25 years are going to lose them. They're going to be kicked out to the street. Um, and that's just how it goes because that's just how it goes. Um, so what I'm trying to do is consolidate some of my stuff, um, pay off some things, and uh, maybe I'll be able to survive it. I don't know. It's up to the Lord. I, I, at this point, I'm just like, you know, whatever. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, I'm kind of curious about that. I'm going to be watching that stuff pretty close, as close as I can amidst the insane busyness of the job um you know of course the job i'm not even going to go there all right so anyway so uh because if this um for those of you who are you know from australia from new zealand listening from the philippines listening from you know chad or something over in africa uh whatever the case is uh from europe uh for for y'all um you know the dynamics are going to be different and that's understandable but i will explain why um i think the united states of babylon the great midterm elections this particular round especially now are an end times a biblical end times timeline marker that is exceedingly crucial exceedingly crucial and I'll, I'll explain that right now but i'm going to explain it nice and slow and as carefully as i can because this is vital because if people over in spain don't get this if people in belgium don't get this if people in the united kingdom don't get this if people in canada don't get this if people in new zealand don't get, you see where i'm going with this if they don't get it then they're going to miss this crucial biblical end times timeline marker. We know that we are toward the end of the Olivet Discourse. We know that Jesus called it the beginning of sorrows, which implies that there's a sorrows period. It is highly likely that the sorrows period is going to begin immediately after the barley rapture, the rescue mission, the first watch, Luke 12, 35, 36, 37. Look it up. Which is going to happen like I've said many times, after a large, round, alien spacecraft, copper-colored, uh, looks, I believe, just like the sculptures that are all over the world, uh, in front of the United Nations building, in front of the Vatican Library, etc. They know what's coming, because these are their gods. And they, the whole thing is everything that they've ever wanted and everything that they've ever looked for over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of time. And if you worship, and you know what, if Christians worship Jesus with the same fervor that Satanists worship Satan, this would be a completely different story. But anyway, um, all that being said, the midterm elections are exceedingly important. They're crucial. And I don't, I can't, I could even say supremely crucial. And here's why. The United States, because of its form of government, has always been a problem for the globalists, for the elitists, for the world economic forums of the world, for the, you know, you take your pick. Uh, there's so many of them. <clears throat> the um, And if you want to learn about the hierarchy of the global satanic crime syndicate, get yourself a copy of uh, John Coleman's um, 
Committee of 300. And, boy, that's a thick, heavy read. But, boy, you're going to come out so smart. And there's even new organizations and NGOs out there that have been created since that book was written. So the dynamics have even changed since that. But, nevertheless, very important book. Kind of mind-blowing, actually. Now, the point is this. Now, again, there have to be you have to have some foundational, unshakable understandings and agree with them and believe them with all of your heart for this to work. If you do not share these belief systems with me, then that means that what I'm about to share, which is helping people to understand how crucial these midterms are in the United States of Babylon the Great, if you don't believe in it, in the foundational information, then it's not going to help you at all. And you might as well just, I don't know, listen, smile, laugh, turn off, turn it off, whatever. Go watch, you know, reruns of My Favorite Martian or whatever. All right, now, but the tenets of this, the foundational tenets of this include that you have to know that you know that you know that you know that Barry Satoro and his transvestite, other half, Mike, or Mike Goal, um, you have to know that you know that you know that he is the Antichrist. You can't have any doubt in your mind. If you have wavering doubt, then it won't work for you, and that's just how it is. I don't have that doubt. I know that I know that I know that Obama is the Mac Daddy end of the Bible beast. He is the abomination of desolation that will be standing. Well, Satan is the abomination of desolation that stands in the holy place, which is Obama's body. And together they ultimately make, yes, the abomination of desolation. Amen. But he is the Mac Daddy Antichrist. He's not an Antichrist. He is the Antichrist. Now, that's important because he can only live so long. In 72, when my mother told me that she had the vision of the, of the Antichrist, and he was a mulatto man, and he was my age and alive on the earth today, she also, uh, one of our ministers and preachers or whatever that was really close to our family and did a lot of um, deep-dive Bible teachings, had also had a vision of the Antichrist and saw him with a blue turban on his head, which, by the way, is a photograph that you will find of Obama out on the Internet. Now, that means that many, 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 many other people have all also seen him as the Antichrist with the blue turban on his head, which I find fascinating because this vision that was given to Pastor David Ebal comes back from the 1960s. Don't even get me going on all the books that are in the Christian bookstores about the Muslim Antichrist. Okay? Now, we also know that Obama, I've talked about this time and time again, born in the land of the Nubian pharaohs. Uh, he's a Muslim. It's no secret to anybody who has even half a clue. Uh, and uh, so anyway, that is a tenant of the baseline that you must, it, it has to be in concrete for you or else this won't make sense to you. But for those of us who do know as a fact that he is the Mac Daddy of all, and he is the Antichrist. When you know that, that gives you an anchor. He's approximately four months older than me, which means my mother nailed it. And it's one of the several things that she nailed. And um, he's, like I said, approximately four months older than me. He is 60. He's going to be 61 soon because he would be March. I'm March, so he'd be April, May, June, July, roughly. So he's he was born somewhere around July, I guess. And... Um, 
he he will be 61 soon. Uh, come you know the early part of 2023. Now, anchor that. That's very important. He can only live so long. So right there, let's just base it on the time that Obama could live as a human. As a human, 61. Let's say that he goes to 85. Okay, that gives us a limitation of. 25 years, roughly, 60, 70, 85, yeah, 25 years. So we have, first and foremost, we have a limitation of approximately 25 years. But I really kind of doubt that he's going to do all the Antichrist stuff that he's going to be doing, which is a lot, at the age of 85, drooling on himself like Biden, all right? So we have to assume, with some reasonable likelihood, that it's probably closer to the next 10 to 15 years, worst-case scenario. So you have that cutoff point, timeline-wise, right there just by virtue of Obama being the Antichrist. Okay? So you got that. The other thing that you got is we've got prophecies, dreams, and visions, multitudes of them, identifying Donald Trump in a casket. We have Bill Gates in 2016. It was around about February of 2016. He was on MSNBC. He was on just about every major newspaper in the whole wide world. And the headline read, Donald Trump reminds me of JFK. Now, that's Illuminati code for we're going to shoot him. You understand what I'm saying? I've got to cut to the chase here. I don't have a lot of time to explain how, how all this stuff works. But that is Illuminati speak for we are going to shoot him just like we shot JFK. Okay? Don't even get me going on, you know, his wife and all that, you know, Trump's wife, dorking around with the uh, Rose Garden, you know, like uh, Onassis did. The similarities and the parallels are so supernatural and endless that it is mind-numbing to anybody who has the intellectual acuity to track it all and to plug it all in together and have it tell a story. And the story it tells is exceedingly consistent. Also, Trump sat across in his first major address after the pandemic. He sat at the Lincoln Memorial on the opposite side of, uh, oh gosh, what is his name? Uh, Anyway, two Fox anchors. They had chairs on the right side. Trump had a chair on the left side of the what? Lincoln Memorial. The symbolism is unbelievable. JFK shot. Lincoln shot. Donald Trump. Multiple dreams, visions of Donald Trump being assassinated and in a casket. All right? When does that occur? Does that happen after 2024? Does he get elected in 2024? Does the global satanic crime syndicate fail at their attempt to indict him and and do all these trumped-up, pun intended, charges against him and all this other stuff? Who knows? We don't know because really, at the end of the day, the forces of darkness could impede you know, take Trump out, we'll just use those terms, take him out in whatever way they figure out how to do it. If they are successful, we don't know. But if they do it before 2024, which of course would be their goal for a myriad of reasons, if they are able to take him out, maybe they uh, call a grand jury. Uh, believe me, the article you could probably pull up two or three hundred articles on just the uh, threats to call a grand jury over the Mar-a-Lago documents. Never mind the myriad of other things that they think that they have them on. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter, except for the timeline. It doesn't matter when 
they take out Trump or how they take out Trump. It's really kind of irrelevant. If they, the evil ones, take out Trump before the 2024 election, that is actually – now remember, the whole purpose of this discussion is to discuss how long are we going to be stuck here on this alien demon-infested rock. Hallelujah. So that's what this analysis is about. Nothing else. No allegiance whatsoever to anybody. As a matter of fact, I took up my mail-in voting ballot and chopped it up into pieces. I was like, I don't know any of these meatheads, and I'm not going to research them. I don't care. It's all controlled anyways. So anyway, I, uh, but here's the thing, because my citizenship is in heaven. I hope yours is too, Philippians 3.20. Now, all that being said, if they take Trump out before 2024 and he never makes it to the 2024 elections, what that does is that opens up the possibility and the probability that the Antichrist will be able to accelerate the judgments upon the earth. The, things, the bad things that we already know are teed up. They're teed up. They're queued right up. They're just like a dominoes game. And they're all ready to come flopping down right on our heads. As a matter of fact, I was listening to a, a, a band video. That's what, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, this particular uh, young lady was uh, very well versed on Australian law. And she pointed out very clearly with evidence that, and I've known about this, but having it all kind of thrown together into a pile of ugly and put right in front of your face, it's pretty freaky deaky. And she did that. She did a darn good job of it. But as you may or may not know, the United Nations and the World Health Organization and the CDC and all these evil entities that are a major part of the global satanic crime syndicate that wants to slaughter mankind and throw them all in FEMA camps and, and all this stuff, poisonous, forced, forced injections, all that. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the United Nations and Biden has sanctioned it, okay, through uh, – writ, you know, through documentation out of the White House, that he intends to subscribe to it and make the United States, it's kind of like making the United States part of the European Union, okay? In other words, we would not only have to follow the, the laws of the land, but we would also be subject to the laws of the European Union, which is the whole reason why the UK wanted to get out of it. They got sick and tired of having this this governing body of elite entities from hell uh, telling them what they could or couldn't do, which was very wise on their part, by the way. Um, now, all that being said, um, the, the United Nations, all, all these organizations that are global and globalist are putting together and have put together and have already ratified a, if you will, a sort of a medical emergency plan for the whole wide world, which includes provisions for police to knock down your door, come in hold you down, and vaccinate you. And if you don't, if you fight them too much, they are authorized through this United Nations uh, uh, treaty, which, which the United States will be subject to against all the wishes of all the governors, well, except for the really weird ones, like, well, I could list them out, but I'm not going to bother with it. But here's the thing. We're subject to it. So when they release their next attack against mankind, which they will, any moment now, probably. Eventually, once everything is fully 100% in place and ratified, what will happen is we will be subject to this new global agreement. The United States will. Uh, 
for the first time in the history of the United States. Now, the people over in Europe with the European Union, they're used to having a governing body tell them what to do. Okay, and there are pros and cons that are associated with being part of the EU. Like, for example, you, you don't have to have a driver's license in, in every single country. You can drive wherever you want to. You can, the borders are open. There's all kinds of you know, different things that benefit the people of the European Union. Uh, so they like those things. Okay, but there are other things about them that they don't especially care for if they are awake and aware. Now, all that being said, the United States is not awake and aware. In fact, it's one of the dumbest countries in the entire world. If you were to give a, a IQ, an intelligence quotient, to the average American citizen, it would probably be minus 40. That's a scary thing, particularly when you consider the demographics of the Gen Zers, the Gen Xers, and the Millennials. And how many of them are going to be voting because of Roe versus Wade against the Republican Party? How many of them are going to be voting against the Republican Party because of the fact that, that, that the Republicans stopped uh, the, uh, the student loan forgiveness? These are people these, – these, this is a generation of people that are, have been born uh, in, in a world where they look at the socialistic uh, governing system of Sweden and, and Finland, and they say, wow, how come we can't have that? They want stuff given to them. They don't want to work for it. I, and I don't, I don't want to sound too down on them because my daughter's one of them, and, and I love her, but – her viewpoint. She voted for Biden. Her husband is basically an atheist. I pray for him every single morning. Uh, you know, but but anyway, it's 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 all it's just the way it is. The Father, our Heavenly Father, has put me in a very very unique position, and I I know why because of the radio show. But only He could have seen that all this was going to happen to me all the way back to when I was a little kid. So anyway, all of that being said, timeline. Now, if if, this is a big if, if they, the forces of darkness, take Trump out before the 2024 election, that works in our favor. Because until we have got to the bride, the, the first fruits, barley harvest, bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, which we should all aspire to be, and Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that every single one of us, every listener of this program, even if they're intermittent listeners, Father, in the name of Jesus, will hear this message, will understand the barley harvest and be ready for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now, so the sooner Trump gets taken out, the sooner the Civil War breaks out, the sooner all this stuff happens, the sooner we leave. You get what I'm saying? That's, there's, a cert, there's a big list, you could call it a bullet-pointed list, whatever you want to do, a big bullet-pointed list, probably a page worth of events that must happen. The thing is, we don't know exactly which ones have to happen before we go, with the exception of the third seal co uh, completion. The third seal in the global financial collapse, the, the, com the total collapse of the petrodollar, must occur prior to the barley harvest. The first watch, first fruits rapture. And we know that because the Bible says so. It says, do not harm the oil or the wine. I've talked about this a bazillion times. So anyway, so we know that. It's a, it's a, it's a biblical marker. All right? We also know that we're not going to be here at the time of the wheat harvest, which is during the day of the Lord. Okay? That's why there's so many out there that are going, when the missiles come down, we go up. When the missiles come down, we go up. What they don't understand is that the majority of them are going to be dead. Doesn't matter how much they love Jesus, the, this country will be utterly, the whole world will be destroyed by that. We're talking about the day of the Lord. We're talking about the great earthquake. It's in Ezekiel 38. It's in uh, uh, Revelation 6:12. All right, we're talking about global thermonuclear war. Russia. That's that's the period of time when Russia completely levels the United States of America. 
with submarine-launched nuclear missiles. Henry Groover, Dimitri Dudeman, A.A. Allen, unimpeachable. It's going to happen. Now, and we know that it happens in the Sixth Seal. We also know that the Fourth Seal is World War III. These things blend together. We know this because when you read Ezekiel 38, the city without any walls is the United States of Babylon the Great, the United States of America. What we do know also is that alien invasions are going to occur en masse, a lot of them, one real big one, and these are not fake. Okay, I know a lot of the Illuminati survivors and stuff are like real big on the whole you know, fake alien invasion, and that's fine. They can be big on it, but I'm talking about the real thing. And what we know is that um, we know that because of David Doetry and Tory Park, um, we know that it is highly likely, exceedingly likely, unless God changes his mind and relents, it is exceedingly likely that this giant round copper spaceship is going to show up in the skies beyond every single TV in every one of the 243 countries, including the island nations. And that all chaos, riot, mayhem is going to break out right after that occurs. It's going to, there's going to be, entire power grids are going to be going down all across the world. People are going to be in absolute panic. Okay, but we are going to be in our chambers. We are going to be in prayer. We are going to, you know, maybe fetch a few extra Vienna sausages and ramen noodles or whatever the case is. But we're going to be preparing. We're going to be on our knees praying. We ought to be. We better be. And also maybe even going door to door to help people that are freaking out because there's going to be a bunch of them. That's a great opportunity to do what we need to do. All right. Now, praise God. All right. Because you don't want to be sitting on your hands. Uh-uh, that wouldn't be good because that might r- rule you out from the first fruits, first watch barley harvest. None of us, we can't be sitting on our hands. Got to be working for the Lord. Now, being said, the sooner Trump gets taken out, the faster we leave. The sooner, the sooner that um, World War Three. Now, we can say that World War III has begun already, which would be true, especially if you have any knowledge of history whatsoever. It is absolutely true. It has definitely not accelerated as the satanic crime syndicate would like it to have, and they're trying, and they are not going to quit. They're going to keep on trying, keep on trying, keep on trying, keep on trying. They're not going to quit. They're not going to quit. Now, all these things that have happened, the release of, of the bioweapons attack, the inoculation, the forthcoming forced inoculations, the taking people away without habeas corpus to various camps and encampments because they are unwilling to get vaccinated, all of this under a treaty that is global to protect mankind and all this other stuff. This stuff is imminent. All of these things are imminent. They could happen tomorrow. They could happen a week from now. They could happen three months from now. We don't know. But why are the midterms so important? Because while – see, here's the thing. The, when the Senate and the House in the United States of Babylon the Great, when both the Senate, the Federal Senate, and the Federal House, when they both are in control by the Global Santana Crime Syndicate, they are able to institute laws and acts and join – uh, you know, elitist cabals and sign up for various uh, 
pandemic, anti-pandemic and health safety agreements that are worldwide. They can do all that stuff. There's nobody to stop them. The Antichrist is pulling all the strings. Now, he is currently, in my opinion, not in full control yet. He will be later, but he's not yet. They will put him in control, and they'll do it just like they did with, the, with, uh, with, with Hitler. Okay? They put Hitler in control. All right? And they're going to put Obama in control. And then Satan's going to incarnate into him, and we have ourselves one bona fide Antichrist. We know that in Second Thessalonians 2, that, the, that there's two big takeaways, just two. In all that text, two big takeaways in Second Thessalonians 2 that Paul communicated to the church of Thessalonica to say the day of Christ has not come. In other words, you guys are not getting raptured. I'm sorry, but you're not getting raptured until the Antichrist is revealed and there are aliens revealed, which is the strong delusion. I, God, send a strong delusion so that they, the unrighteous, will believe the lie, which is that they are our creators. And they're going to prove it. You might say to yourself, how can we have a global thermonuclear war and wipe out the United States of America without nuclear winters and a complete destruction of the world and all the crops and everything else under the sun? Well, these gigantic motherships are going to come down to the earth, and they're going to vacuum up all of the radiation. You don't think people are going to worship them? Oh, yes, they will. Oh, yes, they will. So the point is, the midterms, because of the way that the government is structured in the United States of Babylon the Great, where each state has its own constitution, its own uh, executive branch, legislative branch, and um, judicial branch, okay, so that each state has its own Supreme Court, each state has its own Senate, and each state has its own House, and each state has its own governor, which is the equivalent of a president, okay? So that makes each individual state its own governing body. It's complete, 100% separate government. There's, in other words, the state of Florida is no different than the country of Spain as far as its governance capabilities. The only thing that gets in its way is the federal government, and they do that by taking away money. Promising you money, taking away money. Promising you money, taking away money. So when a massive uh, uh, apocalyptic hurricane like Ian comes in and wipes out a whole part of your state, people like DeSantis are sitting there watching Biden thinking to themselves, oh man, I'll be lucky if I get any help. And that's how it works. So anyway, these all these 50 states are essentially their own countries. All by themselves. They're a country in a country. There's 50 countries that are gathered together, individual countries. And they can agree to abide by the federal laws, the ones that come down from the Antichrist. Or they can disagree and say they're not going to. They can agree. They can disagree. Now, the ones that are the blue states and have all these freaks like Gavin Newsom and all these other entities that are running them, they're, you know, in like Trudeau in Canada, okay, when, when, that's a problem for those people that live there. But most of them are so strung out on whatever, they have no idea what they're doing. They don't even know what day it is. Now, all that being said, the sooner Trump gets taken out, the sooner we leave. We need... We need the Antichrist to keep taking apart the, the world. We need the Antichrist to accelerate all the bad stuff. Because we're not going to get out of going through the bad stuff. We are not going to get out. Not even the bride. Not even the uh, first fruits, first watch barley harvest bride. She is still going to have to go through some part of the desert experience. 
the typology associated with Israel in the desert. And we can't be complaining. I told you about that. You can't be acting like an Israelite. Again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Psalm 78, 41. That is the key. We've got to be in praise. We've got to be in worship. We, get, we can't let ourselves get wrapped up in all of this stuff, and I do all the time, so I'm always struggling with it. I, I think everybody is to some degree, uh, you know, again. But anyway, think about it. If those midterms turn over power to the Republican base in the United States federal government, it is going to essentially castrate the Antichrist of his power. He will no longer be able to uh, systematically destroy the world through these agreements with the elites and the World Economic Forum and a whole bunch of other blue blood creepy weirdness that goes all the way up to the Draco reptilians, Satan himself, and some really sick, twisted evil. Now, all that being said, we have to brace ourselves and be prepared. We have to be ready, and the faster we go through the ugly, the sooner we're going to be ready to go. The longer the Lord allows it to drag out, the longer we're going to be here. It really just wraps that, – that's it. That's, that's the gist of it. The other thing is, why would our Heavenly Father – now granted, you know, I've, I've had to eat plenty of crow, so I'm always ready to eat crow. I've got a whole case of crow dots, and I can't eat that much licorice in five lifetimes, but I've got plenty of crow. Now, that being said – and I'm used to eating crow. Last time I ate this much crow was back in 2016 when we had probably dozens and dozens of prophecy, dreams, and visions, and guests come on the program and say that Obama was not going to leave, that martial law would be instituted, he'd be the final president of the United States, end of story. I could line up names. I'm not going to say them because it'll impeach them. It'll make, make, make it sound like I'm picking on them, and I don't want to sound that way. But I can name names, a lot of them. Now, all that being said, we, the vast majority of us were naturally looking forward to our departure. We wanted to go home and be with Jesus when we're all serving God right now and doing good things on behalf of the kingdom. It isn't like we're sitting on our hands. So all that, you know, so our state of readiness, we felt, was where it needed to be. Maybe not as, you know, great as it could have been, but at, the, at that point in time, to us, those of us watching the 2016 election process, we were holding dear to the idea that Obama was going to stay in the presidency. You had the T.D. Hale visions, which, by the way, are no they're not canceled out. All the T.D. Hale stuff can still happen. All that stuff, it's still in play. There's just a delay of game associated with Trump entering into the picture, which is fine, but it does add a, an element of complexity to the entire timeline dynamic. So anything that stands in the way of the Antichrist destroying the world and destroying the United States and destroying the European Union, destroying Australia, New Zealand, and taking the West and completely trashing it, which, by the way, really brilliant strategicians and CIA guys and, and uh, you know, uh, Russian experts like Scott Ritter and stuff, the thing that they're missing in their analysis is they don't understand that the forces of darkness are collapsing the West on purpose. They just think it's bad decisions. It's not. It's strategic. That must continue unhindered. If it does not continue unhindered, if the midterms are won by this red tidal wave of Republican voters that they think is going to be the case, that is going to slow down our departure date fantastically because it's going to slow down 
and hinder the Antichrist and his puppet uh, reptilian president and all of the entities that are surrounding him and all of the bought and paid for judges and federal judges and, and all, everything's in place. Everything is in place. Everything is moving forward steadily. If anything tips that over and makes it go sideways, we're staying. We're staying a longer period of time. We may have to go and wait for go through all the whole next two years. Um, you'll see this activity, this flurry of activity, where the Republicans, you know, go in and wipe out a whole bunch of executive orders that Biden, uh, you know, signed. So there'll be that, you know, the first, uh, you know, they're going to do everything they can to 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 backtrack, to take away, and and to deem illegal through the Supreme Court and other measures. Uh, and they're going to try to impeach, you know, Biden, which shouldn't be difficult, except that he's got trillions of dollars backing them from these entities. So, but it's going to slow things down. And personally, I'm not real big on anything that's going to slow our departure time down. I don't know about you. Maybe you're having a good old time and you like it. You're like, hey, this is kind of fun. You know, I can't wait for the next pandemic to be released. You know, I want to see people, uh, you know, blood squirt out their eyes. By the way, there's a new uh, virus. Uh, I think it's in Africa. I'm not sure. Uh, it's in the news. And um, it's uh, hemorrhagic, and it's extremely deadly. And, yes, uh, yeah, blood comes out of pretty much every – your eyes, your ears, the whole deal, which is the description of one of the sicknesses or plagues that was seen by Sheremeni in 1979. So I see all the building blocks, building things very quickly, and aligning with prophecies, dreams, and visions that we've been monitoring for over 11 years. However, if I am wrong, which I could be, and the midterms are won by a mass swapping of Democrats with Republicans, and the power structure in the House and the Senate is swapped over to the right, GOP, it is going to greatly slow down the progress of global destruction in progress by the Antichrist and his minions. All right. Now, all that being said, it's not the end of the world. It just means that we're going to have to hang out for another two more years and wait for the 2024 election. And then, of course, the probability that Trump would be elected, even though – because that would also give time for the Republicans – to get rid of Dominion, to get rid of the voting machines, to button up all the things that can be used for the purpose of election fraud, which is what they will do, because they would want to set the, the, everything in order for Trump to ultimately win 2024. And it doesn't matter who says they're going to run against Trump or whatever. It's it, it, it game over. Trump will win, period. Nobody's ever had that much support in the history of this country ever, ever, ever. Right or wrong. It's, not, it's just not relevant. Okay? Now, all that being said, in that particular case, it is going to slow down the Antichrist and his minions, which I find kind of like unbelievable. Why would God have allowed all the things that he's allowed? Because Satan can't do anything without God. You know, you've got to know your, the, the book of Job. When you know the book of Job, God is in control. 
Ecclesiastes 7.14 says, you know, be happy when your times are prosperous, but also be aware that bad times will come, and they come from God too. And Jesus said it rains on the just and the unjust. That includes us. Now, all that being said, we, ideally, we would want to accelerate. We want the Antichrist to be able to do what he's doing. We want the forces of darkness to be able to do what they're doing. Because what they're doing is they're bringing the Bible to life. They are, make, they are marching their way right through the Holy Bible, and, they are, and everything is happening. Second seal, third seal, work in progress, fourth seal, already started. Get it? Anything that slows that down means we're going to be here for that much longer. How much longer is that? We don't know. What if Trump does go to 2024? What if Trump, what if God allows Trump to do whatever it is he's going to do as the president in 2024 for, let's see, he has a four-year term. What if God allows him to do it for three years? What if he allows him to do it for three and a half years before they take him out? 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027, that's three years. So now we got two years into the election and three years post-election. That's five additional years. How old are you? That'll put me real close to retirement. And I'm not going to be able to retire anyway, which makes it even worse because, you know, for my situation, because my options are very slim to none. Now, all that being said, that's why the United States of Babylon the Great's midterm elections are so crucial. They're crucial to the imminent departure of the first fruits barley harvest, first bride of Jesus Christ. Because all those things have to come to pass. The civil war has to happen. The going away of Trump has to happen. Okay? The collapse of the West has to happen. The collapse of the petrodollar has to happen. All these things that are work in progress, that are moving along at light speed, well, not light speed, but fast, okay, all these things, if they are slowed down, we get to hang out longer. We get to enjoy more pandemics. We get to enjoy more vaccinations. We get to enjoy more uh, Operation whatever Trump comes up with. We get to enjoy all that stuff. And I don't know about you, but I haven't been enjoying the last couple of years, especially much. Praise God. But we have to overcome it. We've got to stay positive. We've got to stay in praise. We've got to recognize that these things could happen. We've got to understand that God might relent. We've got to understand there might be some surprises, some turns to the left, turns to the right, all that kind of stuff. It could happen, just like it did in 2016. Blew our minds. We were handing out business cards, telling people what was going to happen, telling people that Obama was going to stay in the presidency. We had all that stuff written on the cards that we were handing out to people. Now they all think we're raving lunatics. Because once you lose your credibility, you can't very well go back over and say, you know, Jesus is coming. They're going to go, get out of here. There's something the matter with you. That's one of the reasons why I have had very kind and loving words with a number of people that believe that the Lord is using them and speaking through them because when they say things that ruin the credibility of those of us like, that talk about the topics that we do on this program, when they ruin our collective credibility, that credibility is toast. You understand? You can't get it back. 
And it can be with thousands and thousands and thousands of people, especially when you're doing a radio show or a YouTube channel. That is a major problem. They might love the Lord with all of their heart. They might, well, some kind of creepy, it's just the way the light is reflecting on this individual. Somebody just came up and put something on the front porch of my, on the Golden JIB Studios. I wonder what it is. I hope it's a bag of like $5 million. Doubt it. But anyway, um, so again, this is, this is the crux of the matter. This is why the midterms are so important. And I truly, with all of my heart, now I, I can understand God is incredibly merciful. I get it. I do. And it would be just like our Heavenly Father and His mercy to delay, to relent, to allow this time to pass by because lots of more people are waking up. Okay? So, for us on an individual level, it's not especially pleasant to think about it. But it's better to consider it and tuck it in the back of your mind than it is to be broadsided, wake up the next day, and say, oh my gosh, Donald Trump just won the election. Which is what happened to the vast majority of us back in 2015-16. It's better to face the music now as a possibility and to know why you're praying for what it is you're praying for. Then to just sit around and be a victim of circumstance, which is ultimately what a lot of us won't be. We, we're not going to be able, we're going to have to go through whatever it is God wants us to go through. And that's just the way it is. It's final. Our Heavenly Father is focused on saving the lost. And he figures, and he ought to be able to figure, that any of us are going to hang in there. Period. No matter what, we're not going to – he's like, why would our Heavenly Father be – you know, it's not that he isn't going to listen to our prayers. Of course he is. But he's not going to really empathize with our being frustrated and tired and over it, okay? Yeah, it, the prophecies will say, I know, my children, that you are very tired and very weary, but I love you, my children, and I will never leave you, and you are coming home soon to your eternal home. I see it in prophecies all the time I have for 10 years. But at the same time, when you are us floating around on a little chip, a, a little piece of uh, uh, ice, kicked off the island of misfit toys by King Moonracer, told never to come back, uh, and, and they chisel a little chunk of ice, and you're out there floating in, in the Baltic Sea, okay? And, and the only thing that you have out there with you is icebergs and, uh, I don't know, <laughs> Russian subs, okay? But anyway, tough. A lot of us are going through some hard times. A lot of us have circumstances in our lives that are very, 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 very difficult to deal with. And it's horrific to think about having to deal with it for a couple of more years, let alone five more years or even more. Heaven forbid, as Paul would say. So anyway, um, that's why these midterms are so important. They will determine whether or not our Heavenly Father is going to, uh, we'll just say, commit an act of mercy upon the people of the world, delay the global satanic crime syndicate from destroying the entire West, delay the uh, destruction of the United States of Babylon the Great and the uh, forthcoming civil uh, uh, war and everything else, delay all these things. He could. Because our Father has mercy, and he wants to bring as many people home as he can. And he can count. We don't have the supercomputer to count. We can only hypothesize. 
All right, so all that being said, that's the rationale. That is the critical thinking rationale that is necessary to be able to understand why it is vitally important for the entire world. Mozambique, it's important for you. Luxembourg, it's important for you. France, it's important for you. New Zealand, it's important for you. Papua New Guinea, it's important for you. Everybody that wants to go home and be with Jesus, this is important. That's the point. I think, based upon the trending, not based upon our Heavenly Father's mercy, I know how vulnerable my prediction is, because I know how merciful our Father is. Okay? So that makes my certainty very, it's at stake. My certainty is not especially high because I know how merciful our Father is, and I know that he wants as many people to wake up as possible before the end. Or before the day of the Lord, at least. Now, that being said, it would break the trending. The trending is that our Heavenly Father is allowing the Antichrist through his trillions of dollars and the support of the global elite and the blue bloods and shape-shifting reptilians and the draconians and a committee of 300 and the Rhodes Roundtable and all these other baby-killing entities. All right? Our Heavenly Father has lifted his hand of protection off of this earth. The Antichrist is destroying it with all of his resources. It's a work in progress, and it's going extremely well. It is literally Bible to the jot and the tittle. Is God going to pull the plug on the progress? That's the question. As an act of mercy for the people that can't tell their left hand from their right hand, as is at the very end of the book of Jonah, we don't know. I personally believe, based on the trending, it would seem, I don't know, kind of almost counterproductive to stop or hinder the progress that is invariably going to take place from a Bible fulfillment, prophetic fulfillment standpoint. But God might do that. But given all the resources, all the progress, all the things that are happening, everything that's in place, the Dominion voting machines, the proof of the uh, Python scripts on there, the architectural information, the IP addresses from foreign countries that Pennsylvania found, all the things that we already know are in play right now, the millennials, the, 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 the uh, uh, Gen X and Zers, and, and all their voting for, for Ro, you know, anti-Roe and all this other stuff, all these dynamics fall into place. All of them are in play. Anybody who has an assumption that, you know, they're not going to leverage the Dominion machines, is there's something deficient in their thoughts. They're not thinking it through very well. But God is in control. So anyway, I, would, I don't like repeating the same mistakes. And 20, I don't want to repeat 2015 slash 2016 ever again. I want to look at all possibilities, understand that God calls all audibles, he answers prayers. We are not qualified to determine whether or not the people that are praying are being heard or not. Only God is. So we have to humble up and be ready for whatever God wants and praise him for it. But when I look at everything and all the progress and every single, all this stuff that's teed up, queued up, ready to go, I really struggle to think 
that that could be stopped for even a short period of time. It just doesn't make sense. Now, granted, I could see where the Global Santana Crime Syndicate would continue to, to degrade, destroy, foment war, all the other things, continue to do it while the Republicans had control of the Senate and the, and, and the House, and while they made a feeble attempt to reverse that which cannot be reversed. Maybe it looks neat on the surface, but at the end of the day, when you're rotten to the core, well, you got a core problem. Now, that being said, it would still delay the game. It would still delay the end times biblical timeline. It would delay it, our, our father's movie. And it would allow – so, we, again, I made my point. That's why I'm watching the midterms. That's why it is absolutely critical because I want to know – are we going to continue to progress? Is the, is the petrodollar going to collapse? Is you know, the, the, the third seal going to be fulfilled? Is World War III going to begin? Because all of these things, is the Antichrist going to be made manifest before the entire world and people know about it? Okay, except for the Seven Mountains people. They're not, they're not going to know nothing because they're absolutely deceived by Satan. But the point of the matter is, are these things going to happen? Are the aliens going to arrive? Are, you know, is uh, you know uh, the Antichrist going to make himself? You know, Second Thessalonians two. Are all that stuff all has to happen? All of it. Then we go. That's when we leave. And how fast that happens has everything to do with whether or not our heavenly Father allows the Antichrist and the rest of the satanic entities to collapse the West, because that's a prerequisite to our departure. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, on that note, kids, we are not going to do jokes. I want to get through the news and bring on Brother Lauren, okay? Oh, daggone it. Uh, okay. Kids, what falls in winter but never get hurt? Never gets hurt. What falls in the winter but never gets hurt? Snow! Come on, kids. Snow. It falls in the winter and never gets hurt. Okay. All right. Praise God. Okay, kids. What animal is always at a baseball game? What animal is always at a baseball game? A bat. A bat, right? Okay. All right. Hallelujah. Okay, one more, kids. Hang in there for me. Kids, how do you talk to a giant? By the way, this is a we'll call this a Tom Horn joke. How do you talk to a giant? You use big words. <laughs> like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Is that really a word? I don't know if that's really a word. I don't think it's a word. Anyway, kids. <laughs> Alright. And on that note, let's go into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? <laughs> Not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. Praise God. Now you're going to have to read between the lines, uh, and I'm going to try to do that. Uh, starting out with the first headline here. 
All right, the Washington Free Beacon reports that the Democrats have spent hundreds of thousands to attack Republican candidates as traitors to Trump. And, you know, blah, 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 back and forth, back and forth, whatever. But anyway, it's very thick. Uh, I think really that's just the gist of that report and why I included it. The attacks are very thick. It's very normal. It's exactly what we would expect. But there are a couple of surprises in these headlines that I think we need to pay a special attention to, you know, because they're related to what I was just talking about, our timing. All right, next one up. United States diesel shortage worsens. Supplies of the fuel, diesel fuel, are at a 14-year low amidst a ban on imports from Russia portending further price hikes. Okay, and you might say, well, gee whiz, uh, how bad is it? Well, the next headline pretty much lines that up for us. Let's read it. While all eyes are on oil, we are at a dangerous tipping point for diesel, which is weeks away. And it says in this particular article, it says, according to the EIA, the United States now has just, get this, folks, 23 days of diesel supply left. And while inventories are at a record low, the four-week rolling average of the distillates supplied, a proxy for demand, rose to the highest seasonal level since 2007. So that's a bunch of mumbo-jumbo, but at the end of the day, 23 days of diesel, no trains, no trucks, no ships. Yeah. Talk about jetting things forward at high speed. That's like FTL speed there. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up. World Net Daily reports Republican in Congress reports sixth, S-I-X-T-H, sixth swatting attack on his home. A member of Congress, United States Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, has reported her sixth swatting attack on her home in the recent weeks. <laughs> she gets it. She knows she's surrounded by a shape-shifting reptilian. She gets it. What they're trying to do is they're trying to catch her off guard so that she comes to the door with a gun in her hand and they can shoot her dead. That's already pretty public news. Anyway, but she's too smart for that. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Future shortage of fertilizer for American farmers, not just American, all over Europe, all over the world, ahead due to massive increase of United States nitrogen exports as Europe scrambles for fertilizer. Well, let me make something perfectly clear. Let's talk about briefly what, what is really going on here. Okay, well, these green energy AOC entities from the bowels of Sheol and the bottom of Gehenna, the lake of fire, they are playing their little games, these evil, you know, let's collapse the world games. And, um, and what they're doing is they're basically outlawing nitrogen. They're taxing cow farts. I read that on the last one. I ain't joking you. I mean, if, I, no, if somebody would have read that headline to me, I would have said, oh, come on, give me a link. I don't believe it actually says that. And it's, it, no, it's for real. It's unbelievable. So is making nitrogen evil because that means no food, no veggies, gone. Bye-bye. That's why farmers are converting over to doing solar panels and all kinds of other things. That's why the Dutch farmers are running their tractors. All, you know, they're having – it's everywhere. Okay. Anyway, so I, you know, when I read a headline and it says U.S. nitrogen exports to Europe and stuff, I don't think it really tells the story quite as dramatically as it needs to be told. This is a worldwide situation, and the only ones who are not subject to it are the people that are part of BRICS and are siding with Russia. All right, next one up. 
The Sun reports that um, uh, Vladimir Putin has launched a barrage and in a chilling moment, uh, they call him deranged, make up a bunch of lying things and because he dared to do a nuclear test. We can do it all we want, but if Russia does it, you know, of course, you know. And it's all Operation Thunder for World War III drills. Oh, no. That's what they want. They want a nuke. That's one of the reasons why Russia has been screaming bloody murder as loud as they possibly can to the United Nations Security Council and every other governing body across the world, which, by the way, are controlled by Satanists and baby killers, okay, and, 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 and they're not listening to a word that Russia's saying. Russia's coming out and saying, we have absolute, bar none, unimpeachable intelligence that has come from sources that can't, it's accurate. We know as a fact that they're putting together a dirty bomb and they're going to set it off and blame it on us. We're telling you this now because it's in progress and nobody's listening to them. Instead, instead, the Western lying news media is already priming the pump and telling all of the gullible people in the West the opposite, that Russia's getting ready to set off a dirty bomb. It's a lie. Anyway. <sighs> anyway, next one up. Praise God. West ramps up arms supplies to Kiev in a bid to destroy Russia, according to Lavrov. Again, they, they know what's going on. They know they're fighting the United States. They know that the 101st Airborne is over on the edge of Poland right now. They know that Belarus is pulling up an army to, to handle the Poles if they decide to come in and take a part of uh, western Ukraine uh, as part of their uh, country, which it used to be evidently a long time ago. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, they get it. They see what's happening. They and and you know, like I said before, they use you know remote viewers, so they know a lot more than what we think they know. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up, the Hill reports: Why fears of a Russian false flag attack are on the rise? Well, they're on the rise because you're a lying sack of good, good Lord Jesus. How can anybody lie as much as you dribbling? Ugh, it's unbelievable. You know what I've started doing? <laughs> Because I already know it, but I gotta find a source. I know I know it's buried in the financials, and the financials are probably thousands of pages long. And I don't even I get, doing that. I just don't have time. But if you can figure out whether or not the Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is contributing to the Hill, I know I found out that they they, they contributed two hundred and fifty some million dollars to the Guardian. That's why the Guardian flipped. The Guardian used to be the Guardian. Uh, they take uh, contributions. Okay, that's how they do what they do. And they tell everybody, well, we're independent. But as soon as I saw $250 million from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, I was like, you're not getting a penny from me. (laughs) A a particular scene out of um, (laughs) Monty Python joke comes to mind. All right. But anyway, this is a perfect example of how they flip everything around, they prime the pump, they tell everybody in the West the lies, the narrative, and and, (laughs) – Nobody even brought any of this up until Russia started saying, hey, hey, we have proof. We have proof. Nobody's listening. Next one up. Praise God. North Korea nuclear test would be met with an unprecedented response, warns the United States, Japan, and South Korea. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, that's exactly what you want to tell a psychopath like Kim Jong-un and his helter-skelter sister. Okay, helter-skelter, just look in her eyes, helter-skelter, (laughs) helter-skelter. Basically, this headline is designed 
sociologically to cause Kim Jong-un to attack. Get it? They're smarter than most people think. Next one up. New COVID-19 strains have been detected in Russia. According to this headline, everything's in Russia, so it must be Russia. Must be Russia, 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 Russia. And if your dog is unhappy because you've switched their dog food, it's Russia's fault. All right, next one up. The health, or, I'm sorry, I'm going to continue to read a, a part of this particular. It says the health authorities have identified the transmission path as one of them as leading to a foreign country. It says the BQ1 and the BQ1.1 subvariants of the Omicron strain in COVID-19 were detected in Russia last week. Now, whether or not this is true or not, who knows? Probably not. Okay, but could these variants actually exist? And the answer is highly likely. And does the uh, 80% deadly variant that was created in the Boston University lab, uh, is that still around? Yes, of course it is. But what about the other ones? What about monkeypox? What about uh, rubella? What about uh, smallpox? So, you know, we, we know about the two Merck containers of smallpox that got somehow accidentally leaked out of a bio four, uh, you know, uh, uh, our bio, uh, biohazard level four containment area, which is virtually impossible to do unless it's an inside job. And they found two bottles, uh, two vials of uh, smallpox inside of a refrigerator, a medical refrigerator in a facility in Philadelphia which actually happened two days after Bill Gates started babbling in his psycho-satanic babble about, um, where's Jeffrey Epstein? I need Jeffrey Epstein. No, that's not what he said. He said, we could be attacked by another with his pink sweater and it's throwing his homosexual hands all over the place. And, and you know what? I, anyway, it, it was like two days after he said there could be a smallpox pandemic. And then ding, 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 two vials show up inside of a refrigerator in Philadelphia. You remember that? All right, praise God. Next one up. Researchers observe hybrid virus for the first time. Influenza and RSV fuse together to form a new pathogen. A new Scottish studies reveal. And, um, and let's see here. So it says a new study conducted by the MRC University in Glasgow uh, for virus research. I'm trying to, it says it's, this is another one that can invade the human immune system. I'm looking for something juicy, like, you know, if it lines with one of the things that Sarah Manet saw. And this one is not one of those. But they are talking about a uh, respiratory virus and a variant that probably is the RSV version that's going after children under the age of five. So one to five there, the hospitals are filling up. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Not enough Americans are vaccinated, according to Biden, as he gets his, uh, let's see, uh, it actually says in here, the president got his latest COVID-19 shot, but Americans aren't enthusiastic about another jab. That is like the most insane understatement ever. Forced jabs would be all it would take to cause civil war in this country, for sure. All right. So anyway, uh, that that's just propaganda. Anyway, next one up. At least 10 United Kingdom cabinet members have resigned as the new Indian prime minister takes office. Hmm. What's that all about? I don't know. Quite honestly, I don't especially care either. All right, next one up. I care about this one. World Net Daily reports, watch Hillary speak openly about a plan to steal the next presidential election. Longtime election denier warns they're not making a secret of it. 
says uh, it says right here, longtime election denier Hillary Clinton, who has harped for years on, in how President Donald Trump was not legitimately in the White House, is now now is claiming that right wing interests already have a quote plan to quote steal the next presidential election. Her claim came in a video she posted online for a leftist organization called the Indivisibles. <laughs> next one up. Epic Times reports that the Republican uh, National Convention files 73-73 election integrity lawsuits ahead of the 2022 midterms. Wait a minute. 73? That indicates that they are aware of a rather large number of fraud vectors. Wow. That's pretty... Well, it's pretty supportive of what I think is going to happen. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Breitbart reports Newt Ginrich. She says, this may be the biggest Republican election since 1920. And, of course, they spout off all these different numbers and talk about the Latino community and all these things and how this giant Republican wave is going to come and it's just going to wipe and all this. Let's see. He might be right. I mean, if if there wasn't so much fraudulent threat vectors in play, uh, he, you know, of course that would be the natural thing that anybody would assume. All right, next one up. NBC News reports, anger on their minds. NBC News poll finds sky-high interest in polarization ahead of the midterm elections. So they go in and they talk about all the different things that everybody disagrees on. I didn't read the whole article because I really didn't need to. I already know what all the things are that they disagree on. All right. But the polarization thing is noteworthy because that will cause. Here's the thing. They're very quick to say that it's going to cause a red wave, a red wave to go in and huge numbers of you know, record setting numbers of Republicans voting. Yes, they're very quick to say that. What they're not very quick to say is. What about the opposition? That's I find that very Odd. All right, next one up. World Net Daily once again reports student protests turn ugly as a transvestite activist Christian clash over what is a woman. So it goes on and it says in Madison, Wisconsin, pro-transgender rights protesters and Christian demonstrators clashed Monday at the University of Wisconsin-Madison ahead of a controversial conservative Matt Walsh's What is a Woman campus speech. Next one up. Moscow urges the United Nations probe into a Ukrainian bio lab. So they're still harping. They went and did, and nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. Nobody cares. Because Russia did everything. Because that's what they want you to believe. Next one up. World Not Daily, Daily once again reports state Supreme Court reinstates employees fired for refusing the vaccine. It goes one way, and it goes to the left, and it goes to the right, and it goes to the left, and it goes to the right, and it goes to the left, and it goes to the right, it goes to the left, and it goes to the right, it goes to this judge, it goes to that judge, it goes to this judge, this judge, this judge overrides that judge, and it goes to another circuit judge who overrides that judge, and then they have a 24-page judgment, and it ends up in a SCOTUS and a Supreme Court judges, and blah, 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 and around and around and around it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Just like when Trump and his team of outstanding lawyers did everything they could. And they were just pushed out the door, even by the Supreme Court. 
And and did anybody watch 2,000 Mules? Did anybody other than the the, uh, uh, the 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 lawmakers in Texas? Are they the only ones who watched it? Really? It, it's mind-bending. It's, it's absolutely. I can't even speak. Next one up. What the heck is going on in South Africa? Three children die, bleeding from the mouth and foaming and vomiting over the weekend. All right, I'm going to scroll my eyes in here and read this one. Gatung Education, MEC Matom Chileon, is expected to visit schools and families affected by the deaths of three peoples in separate incidents over the weekend. On Friday, an eight-year-old people from the Akalini Learners and Special Needs School in Tembezi died after falling unconscious and bleeding from the mouth in the school transport system, basically on their bus. Vomiting, foaming at the mouth, blood gushing out is exactly the description of the, of, of the hemorrhagic fever event that Sarah Manet saw in her 1979 vision happening in the United States. Kills within 24 hours. All right. Next one up. San Francisco Gate, a newspaper, reports that in the San Francisco Bay Area, a magnitude 5.1 earthquake gives the Bay Area a big shake. Here's your question. Is this a prequake? Is this a warning, a heralding of the Cascadia subduction zone collapse? I don't know. Let's watch. That's one up. Fox News reports Saudi Prince Mohammed bin Salman mocked Biden in private, questioning his mental state, according to a report. Now, if anybody is surprised by that, they're not paying attention. All right, praise God. Next one up. The Epic Times reports poll shows 71% that says that the United States is heading in the wrong direction three weeks ahead of the 2022 midterms. However, it is not considering what this is doing is this is implying that the red tide is going to come in and the GOP is taking over. Okay, but in reality, it all it doesn't take into account all the anti-Roe people, all the, uh, you know, again, look out for Gen Z, look out for Gen X, look out for the, the millennials. There's a lot of them. There's hundreds of millions. Of, there's over 100 million of them. All right. And that's a lot of voters. And they are very passionate. All right. Next one up. European Union officials blackmail nations to crush alternative uh, alternate views, Hungarian justice minister says. So several of the nations uh, that are in the European Union are waking up. Um, but it might may be and highly likely is a day late and uh, many, many trillions of dollars short. Sadly so. Anyway, next one up. Praise God. Epic Times again reports North and South Korea exchange warning shots after North intrudes across the border. This is really eating up over there, guys, an awful lot. And, of course, with our rhetoric, if you dare to test another nuke, Kim Jong-un, and your crazy, wackadooey, helter-skelter sister, well, you better watch out because we're going to do really bad things to you. <laughs> it's so effective. Next one up. Dominion Voting Systems Chief Executive Officer speaks out against these evil conspiracy theorists with who else but Anderson Cooper, who is a confirmed CIA agent. Yep. Of course, he denies it, but it's so obvious. And the, the, the 
Anyway, the goods on them are, are long. They've been out for decades. But anyway, it goes on. Despite a rash of unsubstantiated claims lobbed against his company, Dominion, the CEO of Dominion Voting Systems, John Palouse, who should be drawn and quartered, has remained largely silent. That changed Sunday night on 60 Minutes when, he, when Palouse sat down with Anderson Cooper, a CIA agent. Oh, I had to add that in there. Saying irreparable damage has been done to his company and to his employees. <laughs> no, not, no, it, it, no. What we need is another Nuremberg trial, and you need to be at the very forefront of it. You're a Himmler. But anyway, that's a whole other story. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Brother Lauren Peterson. Here we go. God. Brother Lauren, are you there? Hey. <laughs> hey, man. Wow. Thanks for being so cool yeah. when I was getting bashed by Ian and uh, jumping in there and saying, hey, buddy, don't worry about the radio show. Cause it, you, that was actually prophetic on your part because I was still intending, as you know, to do the show. Yeah. But the winds, you know, the 65 to 80 mile an hour gusts that were just ripping things apart in my neighborhood. Um yeah, they hadn't really hit me quite yet, and I didn't know how bad it was going to be. And then when I saw how bad it was going to be, because I was experiencing it, <laughs> I was like, whoopsie-daisy, time to cancel this show. So anyway, thank you yeah. for your kindness. Um, <laughs> you, it was very prophetic. You definitely saw what I didn't see initially. And uh, anyway, uh, really glad to have you back on and joining us again on the program. I'd rather err on the side of caution and safety and protection than, <laughs> you know, uh, put people's lives at risk, you know, unnecessary risk. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Um, I, I was, I took, I put my parasail uh, back in the garage um, uh, yeah. and uh, played it safe. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. We live in uh, challenging times, don't we? <laughs> Where's that uh, uh, shrimp pork? You got one, a spare one for me? You're good. <laughs> Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. How's that? Yeah. I love tracks. I love train tracks. I love trains. <laughs> I hope there's trains. Oh, we got it all. We got Glenn back. Nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a thing anymore. We got your favorite track here. We got the buzzer. I know you love the buzzer. If I didn't have I the, love buzzer, the buzzer, I know because I wouldn't have anything to press when you're coming up with all these wacky theories about Leviathan trapped in some sort of a time warp. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm like come on, man, really? You've been watching yeah, too many really. Godzilla moves. I'm just I'm messing serious, with you. Man. you know, that's part of the fun. Part of the fun is bringing you on because you, unlike many others, happen to know. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. So, what better a guest to bring on in a time such as this? Yeah. And you know what? I still haven't figured out what women are yet. <laughs> I don't have a clue. That one flew over my head like a 747. Uh, are, are you talking, was that an LGBT, LMNOPQRSTUV? Uh, no, wait a minute. We need we need the Chinese alphabet now because we've run out of letters. 
That's right. I identify with a cat. Meow, meow. And please put a litter box in the high school, uh, you know, uh, uh, bathroom right next to where the, you know, Islamic whatevers are. (laughs) Oh, man. Don't you just want to dig a hole? If you ever, if I ever come out to Rapid City, we got to go touring the the, uh, intercontinental ballistic missile silos that you found there in your backyard because I got to get away from this. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah, I got one right here in my backyard. You betcha. (laughs) With cornflakes. I know. Yep. Well, anyway, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna vote this year um, <clears throat> because there's a number of I would call line in the sign. Uh, <laughs> yeah, line in the sign. Yeah, there's a line in that sign over there. Line in the sand issues uh, to be voted on here in South Dakota, and as well as uh, candidates. So I'm gonna vote whether it's stolen or not. But South Dakota, from what I can determine, has a I would say a pretty good uh, handle on things. Uh, not likely to be uh, election be stolen in this state. It's <clears throat> um, a small state. There's just too many checks and balances, and people that know people that know people. You know, it's a little more difficult to get away with things in this state. <clears throat> so I'm going to vote, um, and I would encourage anybody listening here in the United States or whatever country you're in to vote. Make your um, uh, voice your opinion, your beliefs. Um, even if it is stolen, go vote anyway, because you, then you have done your due diligence. You've done your your deed. You know your due diligence <clears throat> that is afforded you. And uh, so, if you don't vote, then uh, don't complain about what comes next. Now, on the flip side of voting, it's like okay, so a red wave. Let's say the red wave wins, <clears throat> and we get a bunch of Republicans taking over the House, the Senate, uh, various states, et cetera, right? <clears throat> well, on the flip side of that, very pragmatically, so who cares? <laughs> okay, It ain't going to make a dime's worth of difference because the ultimate leverages of power are controlled by the global elite. It's only if God would honor that election and honor that and, and allow – the evil to be uh, routed out, rooted out for a season, that it would work. Because for one thing, as long as the Federal Reserve System is in power, you can vote all you want, and it's not going to ultimately make a difference. They run the show, the Federal Reserve. They're not even federal. They're not a part of the government. They're a private banking consortium, cartel, okay? And they run roughshod over this nation. It wasn't meant to be that way. We have a constitution and a constitutional framework of a constitutional money supply. But, you know, the constitution is just a piece of paper, right? Okay. That's what President Bush said. It's just a beep, beep piece of paper. So um, as long as the Federal Reserve, and you can probably bet I would – Venture to say they will continue to jack up interest rates because Powell is not acting. That's the Federal Reserve chairman. He's not acting on his own volition. He takes his marching orders from his higher-ups. 
And so, so what if there's a red wave? All they have to do is pull out all the stops and the economy collapses, martial law is declared, game over. It's that simple, folks. You're going to uh, enforce a red wave uh, when you're starving to death, when this diesel uh, fuel runs out in 21 days. That's right before Thanksgiving. No turkeys for you. Okay. No turkeys unless you buy them now. Buy your turkeys now while you can because there might not be turkeys or Christmas hams. Buy them too, you know, because once diesel it runs out, it's game over. So you can go ahead and vote all you want. Game over. No diesel. No mm-hmm. uh, heating, heating fuel in the northeast. Uh, they're already starting to ration heating fuel in the northeast. Okay, how many people are going to freeze to death this coming winter because of the ration heating fuel? That doesn't have to be this way, but it's forced on us by these dark elites. <clears throat> okay, so um, those are the realities of our time, and uh, not, not a lot. A lot of people are waking up, but. Let's say that uh, a person, any given person, wakes up to topic A, okay, and they're really um, waking up to it. They're really getting some facts or doing some deep dive research. But those of us who've been um, dealing with these issues for a lot of years, decades even, we know that one thing leads to another, you know. One thing connects with another. So you might learn something about A, but have you learned anything yet about B, C, D, E, F, all the way to Z? And how they're all interconnected. And how, so, okay, so from a spiritual perspective, you might gain even some deliverance on topic A. But the enemy's got still his plans, his hooks on you in B, C, D, and E. And F, okay? He's got his hooks on you. He's got you in a land of ignorance on those other topics, those other areas that he can still hook you on. Okay. So it's kind of like um, back in 9-11 afterwards, a lot of people woke up. Now with the uh, COVID thing, you know, uh, post-COVID, a lot of people have woken up. Okay, well, that's a good thing, people waking up, but the enemy has so many other areas that he can pull a brand out of the fire, so to speak, and collapse everything. So just be aware, folks, that, you know, if you put your hope, your belief, your faith in the red wave, you're putting your faith in the wrong place. Yes, it's good to be aware of what's going on. It's good to be active and even proactive, if you can, to take a stand. But know that the enemy is very, very wise on everything that goes on in this world because the the, uh, the world is in the hands of the wicked one. Jesus has not come back yet and conquered this planet. He's not ruling from Jerusalem yet. So until that happens, the world is in the hands of the wicked one. And the wicked one, through all his minions, spiritual and as well as earthly, will continue to do what they do. And 
So <clears throat> it's not to give up hope or anything. It's just to be realistic about the battle, to be know that there's always more to learn, to know, to gain an upper hand on. Uh, in the Old Testament, it says my, God says my people perish for lack of uh, what? <laughs> Ho-hos or tiddlywinks or Federal Reserve notes. And those, lack of knowledge. Now, specifically, that was dealing with the knowledge of God's laws and, and word scriptures and everything, but it can also be construed to knowledge in general. So if you don't know anything about cars, but you have one, and something's not working right, you take it in a mechanic, they, they can you know, fleece you. And you wouldn't even know you're being fleeced because you don't have any knowledge concerning your car, not even basic knowledge concerning your car or your truck or whatever. So you could be totally fleeced and pay thousands of dollars that you don't have to pay because you're ignorant of those that your car. Okay, so expand that out to any number of issues. So what I'm saying it's good to learn as much as you can. Whether or not it makes a difference, but at least you know what what the score is and if possible you can at least in your own private life uh, prevent the enemy from taking advantage of you in those particular areas and what are those areas we all have even if we studied things for decades like John and I have done we still have blind spots spots where you know and that's why we need one another so if I'm looking over here, maybe John's looking over there and Sue is looking over yonder, you know, we're covering each other's blind spots. It's also where we encourage one another. Because, again, blind spots, we could hit uh, something could happen to us and we go in a tailspin, maybe a depression. We need to encourage one another. And that doesn't it's not, uh, in today's environment, with everything going on and a purposeful collapse of the economy and the economies of the world, there's a lot that people can get depressed about very easily. So how much more so we need to encourage one another in our faith and to stand firm. All right. <clears throat> so I'm going to continue um, where I left off last time was dealing with some things. So <clears throat> about... Rahab, Leviathan, and Behemoth. So a long time ago, there was this thing called Angel Wars. Okay. And it was Lucifer was at the head of this Angel Wars, the Luciferian Rebellion, and evolved into a full-scale Angel Wars. Um, <clears throat> the book of Revelation says a third part of the angels fell with Lucifer. His tail swept and threw a third part down. Um, <clears throat> so... Whether that third part is exactly 33%, don't know for sure. As a general rule of thumb, we use the term one-third. But whether it's exactly one-third or a third part, third part, you might have the first part, I don't know, let's say 60%, the second part, 30%, and the third part is 10%, if you see what I'm getting at. But generally... We go by one-third. So we know what we're talking about. So that other, those, you know, if you want to split hairs, you can, well, it's a third part or, you know, 10%, 5%, you know, 
33.3333%, you know, you can split hairs and get an argument. So one-third just for the sake of argument so we know what we're talking about. So I like to go by one-third of creation. That's the angels and creation itself, the original creation, became corrupted to where God had to put it into a containment system, a quarantine. And so that's basically what happened. The six days of creation story is in reality the six ages of restoration of the fallen one-third as per God's plan of redemption and salvation for that which became lost. On day one, we can go from verse two in the Genesis story to verse three, and verse three instead said that God could have declared the great white throne judgment right then and right there. So all this um, you know, potentially millions and billions of years, potentially, if you go by what the scientists believe, could have been totally skipped over and go from verse two right to to the uh, basically to the end of Book of Revelation to the Great White Throne Judgment. But God didn't do that, did He? Instead, He embarked on a bold plan of redemption and salvation, but before that he had to restore that which became corrupted, restore it back into a workable working order, not a perfect order. He could not restore that which fell back into a perfect order until this enigma is resolved, this enigma of sin, this enigma of darkness that had never existed before, found in verse 2. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. The deep translates into the abyss. The abyss had never happened before. So what brought about the abyss? And if you go back to the beginning of verse 2, and the earth, the proper interpretation is, had become without form and void of life. So that implies that the earth, prior to this, whatever happened, did have form, and was teeming with life, even advanced life. And upon deep, in-depth analysis of Scripture, you'll find various verses. Jeremiah chapter 4, uh, Isaiah 14, um, other places that indicate that this planet was teeming with life and had a high-tech civilization that today we might commonly call angelics, <clears throat> the angelics back then. But if you believe in pre-existence, that might imply then that those of us that had pre-existence might have also been some of us on this planet, other planets within our solar system, the galaxy, and scattered all over the place, you know, in the original creation. So this one-third that fell into a... <clears throat> that became subjected to this rebellion and angel wars, God had to coordinate it off, section it off, put it in a sandbox, a containment system. And so these six days are six day ages 
of what God is doing, each day begins in darkness and ends in light. Okay? Each day begins in the darkness that originates from the darkness in verse 2. If you understand just that much, you'll gain a whole new insight on the creation story, that each day that begins in darkness, that darkness has its origins in verse 2. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God is doing something in each age to bring about his restoration. He's tackling issues that stem from that darkness, that stem from the angel wars, issues that stem from Lucifer's rebellion. He's dealing with various issues within each age. And on the seventh day, if we understand that the six preceding days are actually ages, then the seventh day is also an age, an overarching age of grace, of enacting fully now operational God's plan of redemption and salvation for that which became lost and contaminated. All right, so this overarching day of age, um, the age of grace is now finally culminating towards the end of that age. And if you if you come to understand that, you'll notice then that the age of grace transitions into the seventh seal, wrath of the Lamb of God. So we go from grace to wrath. And even the first six seals of Revelation chapter 6, various judgments come down, but even those judgments are not yet the wrath of the Lamb of God. Those judgments are the tail end of God's overarching age of grace. The tail end. Now, when Jesus came into a flesh body here and lived and then was crucified, dead, buried, and rose again, That ushered in a specific age of grace as per and through Jesus Christ as God's last call to mankind, last call through his amnesty plan. It's an amnesty plan through Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that's Jesus Christ, shall be saved. It's an amnesty plan. But for those who do not sign up to God's amnesty plan in and through Jesus Christ, will feel the full brunt of his wrath in the seventh seal. Now, what's in, some interesting things in as God is a God of completion in all things, what he has begun to do, he will bring to completion. He's guaranteed, Jesus guarantees that with our faith, that the good works that he has begun to do in us, he will bring to completion, whether in this life and or in the, our next, if we continue to abide in him. It's like running a race, folks. There's a race. You can't win if you don't enter, Right? But once you enter, are you going to quit? The going 
going in the beginning is easy. It's when you get towards the end of that race. You're huffing and puffing. You're straining. All your muscles ache. Your lungs are about ready to burst. But you're closer, closer, closer. But if you're like the rabbit, you think that tortoise is way, way, way back there. And you got all the time in the world. Take a snooze. You snooze, you lose, rabbit, right? Just one little step across the finish line. The rabbit would have won. But made the assumption, I got all the time in the world, that tortoise is going to take forever to get here. And I'll for sure see that tortoise coming up over the horizon, and I'll just nonchalantly cross the finish line and win. But who won? So we can be like that rabbit and make the assumption, I can just sleep take some time off, go on a vacation, you know, build up my 401k, blah, blah, blah. Because in the end, I just wake up at the last minute and just one little step over the finish line. Or some people believe they can just kind of sleepwalk or coast into heaven. Okay. But what did Jesus say? I'd rather you be hot or cold because if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. You either get with the program or not. Don't be a fence sitter. Don't think you can just coast your way through life. The fields are full of souls, and the laborers are few. Be a laborer that slacks off. If anything that you do, if if you think, well, what can I do? Just pray. You see somebody on the street, you don't know their name. You go through a grocery store, a department store. You find out a clerk name. Um, or you get a, a name on a receipt you get. There's all kinds of people. Whether you know their names or not, you can just lift them up in prayer. And I'll guarantee you that once you uh, start doing that and be faithful and just starting with maybe one or two people, Jesus will hand you over a longer and longer and longer list of people to pray for. Before you know it, you'll be praying for all kinds of people. And... <clears throat> He cherishes our prayers for others. And I want to uh, see, I don't have it pulled up right now, but it's uh, in Job chapter uh, 41. It's the last chapter in Job, where at the very end of all this that Job had gone through, it says, and Job prayed for, uh, I'm paraphrasing now, prayed for those who, slighted him and degraded him. He prayed for them. He prayed for others. He, he didn't start out praying for himself. He wasn't praying for himself or, oh, God, please restore me kind of thing. He was praying for his friends that were had degraded him. See, God said, I'll listen to Job's prayers on your behalf, but you three guys don't even think about praying. <laughs> don't even think about it. I'll listen to Job, but I ain't going to listen to you guys. Okay, That's how bad they um, degraded God in front of Job. So Job prayed for others. And because he humbled himself and prayed even for those who slighted him, that degraded him and degraded the Most High, God listened to Job's prayers, and because Job humbled himself to that extent, God doubled 
what Job had lost. So there's a key there at the end of Job. When we go through a Job-like experience and we pray, even pray for those who have hurt us, that God, you know, that's like (laughs) one of the ultimate humility prayers is when you pray for people that have hurt you and hurt you bad. And you do from a humble and contrite heart, and God will restore you. That's a powerful um, understanding at the end of Job there. But God is a God of completion in all things, which he has begun in you and me if we stay faithful, if we continue in the race and cross that finish line. Even Jesus said, he who endureth to the end shall be saved. You have to endure to the end. You don't get to quit mid midpoint or one step away from the finish line and think you're going going to win a prize. You have to cross that finish line. Even if you're last in the race to cross the finish line, you you cross that finish line. Okay, so Apostle Paul writes uh, more than one t- occasion in his letters of, of enduring the race. You got to fin- cross the finish line. So our God is the God of completion in all things. So what he has begun, undealt un, uh, with issues uh, of things that happened eons ago, he's going to bring them back into the front burner, so to speak, that we read about in the book of Revelation. Now, last time I talked about uh, Rahab, so I want to just kind of quickly go through some um, Rahab scriptures here. I'll pull them up. So Isaiah 51, we're dealing with Rahab. Now Rahab, Leviathan, Behemoth. Um, on the surface, there's a surface understanding, a traditional understanding, and then it doesn't go any further. There's no further tie-ins under the tra- traditional model to the book of Revelation. But this is something the Lord showed me some years ago of what the tie-in is. <clears throat> and um, so because there's not an understanding of this tie-in to the book of Revelation, that God is going to deal with some issues and some beings during the time period of Revelation that have been put on hold for a long stretch of time that happened way back during the angel wars. So here's Isaiah 51. Uh, 9 through um, 11. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in days of old, the generations of long ago. Generations of long ago is a a key understanding there. I mean, a long time ago, right? Was it not you, as God, who cut Rahab in pieces, who pierced dragon? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep? The waters of the great deep ties in directly with Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And darkness was upon the face of the great deep. Who made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to pass over. Other scriptures like in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 14 and Jeremiah chapter 4 imply that the enemy took prisoners, POWs. And God has made 
a way through the depths of this abyss for the redeemed to pass over, to get out of that abyss. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So some key elements right there dealing with Rahab. Now, Rahab, Leviathan, Behemoth is what I, my opinion is they were first-tier created beings. Lucifer was the first created beings of all created beings. Perhaps next in line was Rahab, and then Leviathan, then Behemoth. Okay? Um, subsequent to Lucifer, yet with primal power, first-tier created beings, with primal power of the Godhead. That means if you're a lower-ranking you know, or subsequent created being to these beings, there's no way you could go up against them and defeat them. And we'll read that uh, a little later in dealing with uh, Leviathan and Behemoth. <clears throat> there's no way God's the one who created these beings first tier with primal energies, primal powers that only God himself could engage them and defeat them. And in this case with Rahab, cut it to pieces. This dragon, this dragon-serpent, God cut Rahab to pieces. Okay. Um, we go over to Job 26. Some very interesting stuff here from 5 to uh, Oh, let's see, 13, okay, the dead tremble under the waters and their inhabitants. Now, we're just talking about earth waters, you know, like the oceans, Pacific, Atlantic, etc. you know, and uh, the Great Lakes or Baltic Sea or something, you know. Are we talking about those kind of waters? Maybe, or maybe there's a higher multidimensional meaning to that waters, that during the angel wars, there was a lot of death and destruction within this fallen one-third. Planets were destroyed, which is evidence even our own solar system. There used to be a planet between Mars and, and Jupiter called Maldek, and it was a fairly big planet. It's bigger than Mars, bigger than Earth, maybe five times bigger than Earth. It was a sizable planet, and it was blown. It became our current asteroid belt. But a planet that big, I bet you. That if the scientists, you know, can put all the trajectories, the orbits of all those individual asteroids on uh, the supercomputers of today and backtrack. In fact, already several decades ago, I got an article somewhere in my world that I, I saved that already with the computers they had back then, they were putting these orbits on the computer and backtracking them. And lo and behold, they assembled into a planet. <laughs> okay. But our is the entire planet in the debris of this asteroid belt? Or are there missing pieces of the planet? Okay. I bet there's missing pieces of the planet. Where did those missing pieces go? If Maldek was blown, is blown in a 360-degree fashion, it just blew, okay? And even multidimensional, multidimensional, that some parts of it went into alternative dimensions, parallel dimensions or universes that will eventually backtrack to the book of Revelation, and I'll show you in a minute. Okay, <clears throat> so where if, if in the previous 
time, the time before time, the original creation, that the four inner planets of our own solar system, that would be Venus, Earth, Mars, Maldek, were fully inhabited, teeming with life, jewels, (laughs) planetary jewels, and intelligent life, civilizations. Imagine when we watched Star Wars, the first Star Wars released in 1977, when Alderaan was blown by the Death Star, I knew exactly what it was talking about. Because the Lord had already brought me to an understanding in uh, books and magazine articles I read, as well as his scriptures. So when I saw that on the silver screen that summer, I knew exactly. I mean, I could hardly contain myself <laughs> knowing what they're putting that on the big screen. <clears throat> okay, I knew what I was talking about. We had our own planetary explosion, Maldek. We had the Star Wars, the Angel Wars, most likely erupted somewhere else, Luciferian Rebellion, but it ended up affecting, impacting our own solar system. And one of the impacts, Mars, can you imagine Mars being a smaller than the Earth, which the Earth being one-fifth the size of a Maldek, what an impact if Maldek indeed exploded, what impact that would have on Mars. Now, Jupiter is a huge, huge planet, so Whatever chunks blew into Jupiter, Jupiter would just, you know, um, easily absorb the impacts (laughs) if they even survived to the Jupiter's surface. But Mars is a smaller than Earth. Mars would have been droid, pummeled, okay? Its atmosphere ripped away. Uh, Big chunks of Maldek crashing down and killing Martians. I'm not talking about little green men or anything like that. I'm talking a very intelligent, high-tech civilization that today we might call them angelic, some kind of angelic civilization. Uh, pre-Adamic, pre-Adamic meaning pre-Adam, and uh, that was brought forth um, that we read about in chapter one and two. So you know, Genesis story. So <clears throat> whatever life was on Mars is blown. And Mars rendered in, inhabitable, unless they had known beforehand things were going to go down, and they buried deep into the bowels of Mars. And just like Earth, we read about what happened to Earth. Verse 2, and the Earth had become without form and void of life. And we branch over to Jeremiah Chapter 4, what is it, verse 22 or thereabouts, is using the same bohu and tohu words, Hebrew words, to describe the utter devastation of this planet. And goes into further detail in the, the few verses underneath that. And then if you read the verses above that, even though it's talking about Israel and her enemies, there's a lot of scriptures that when you read them, if you understand the overlay, the overlay of the angel wars, there's a lot of things in that backtrack, that back reflect to the former time during the angel wars. Even the Exodus story of Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt and going through the wilderness before they reached the promised land. That's a huge bingo right there <laughs> of what happened long, long ago before that exodus happened. Okay, 
Verse 6, Sheol is naked before God, and Abaddon has no covering. God sees everything, even in these these things. You know, Sheol and Abaddon, Abaddon, who of us can see into these areas? But God sees every everywhere. He stretches out the north over the void. There was a void that happened. Could this have been an ex- the, 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 uh, the abyss? And he covered over the abyss and hangs the earth on nothing. Verse 8, he binds up the waters in his thick clouds, and the cloud is not split open under them. Again, the waters. We typically, you know, clouds, water, we think, you know, uh, in our myopic earthly view, we think, well, that's got to be talking about, you know, what we see and witness on this planet. Water, thick clouds, okay, it sounds like very earthly, doesn't it? But well, let's look over here on Revelation chapter 17. I would submit to you folks that if you study enough, long enough, <clears throat> that the Bible will answer the Bible. Scripture will answer Scripture. Somewhere in the Scriptures is an answer to that enigma. If we just study long enough and hard enough and seek uh, Jesus' revelation of his word. Chapter 17, Revelation, verse 15. Then he said to me, this is um, an angel talking to John the Revelator, the waters which you saw, where the harlot sits, the waters are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. There's a definition of waters. In this case, waters is not defined as what we think of the physical water. Water, you know, ice, snow, vapor, you know, that kind of stuff. No, this is a different type of waters. On a higher level of looking at waters, peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And we can stretch this out in understanding of the angel wars of even planets, planetary civilizations. Okay, so when we come, we re- read this, um, He binds up the waters, the peoples, the tongues, the nations, the planets in thick clouds. Thick clouds is a form of containment, containing these waters. And the cloud, this containment, is not split open under them. He covers the face of the full moon and spreads over it his cloud. Verse 10, he has inscribed a circle on the face of the waters. At the boundary, here's the clincher, between light and darkness. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. But beyond that face of the deep was still God's light. And so there was a boundary. God instituted a boundary on day one when he said, let there be light. And God separated the light from the darkness. God made a distinction. He made a judgment call. When it says God separated, God is making a judgment. That's not an act of creation. It's an act of judgment. Dealing with the darkness in verse 2. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And now we have an interesting thing here. He has inscribed a circle. That's the containment system. That's the DMZ between North and South Korea. That's the Iron Curtain, Uh, the Iron Curtain countries after World War II. 
between the East and the West, East under communism, the West under democracies, a circle, a line in the sand, on the face of the waters, all these peoples, tongues, nations, uh, planetaries, you know, angelics at the boundary. There's a boundary between light and darkness. There's a boundary between the unfallen two-thirds and the fallen one-third. The pillars of heaven tremble. This isn't just the pillars of earth. The pillars of heaven itself tremble. So heaven has pillars. Okay, and are astounded at God's rebuke. So even heaven itself is like, whoa, what happened here? You know, astounded by his power, that by God's power, he stilled the sea, the roaring sea, the sea of rebellion and angel wars and death and destruction. So we have evidence even in our own solar system of a planet that was destroyed, Mars wiped out, Earth pummeled to point where if you didn't know it was Earth, you wouldn't know it was Earth. It was so badly pummeled and brought to ruin. And the kind of weapons that not only blow a planet, but could blow an entire solar system or blow a whole galaxy. This is war, folks. A real nuts and bolts, angel wars, star wars. But God stilled the sea, and by his understanding, he shattered Rahab. Okay, so here we have Rahab again. Rahab, he shattered Rahab, cut Rahab to pieces, because Rahab was one of the top-tier created beings that had sided with Lucifer in this rebellion and war. And God is directly confronting Rahab and cuts it to pieces and shatters Rahab. Verse 13, by his wind, the heavens were made fair. The wind, the breath of his mouth, he commands and it becomes so. The heavens were made fair. He stilled them. His hand pierced a fleeing serpent. So now we have another reference to Rahab. His hand pierced the fleeing serpents. Rahab is described as a fleeing serpent, not as a planet. Some people today believe that Rahab was this fifth planet. But the scripture says here that Rahab was a fleeing serpent. So Rahab, Leviathan, I would submit even Behemoth, were the uh, serpent dragon or dragon serpent classification. Top tier ranking, right? Directly under Lucifer or somewhat parallel, but just directly underneath him. Because Lucifer was the first created being of all created beings. So God shattered, pierced the fleeing serpent and then shattered Rahab. Behold, these are but the outskirts of his ways, and how small a whisper do we hear of him, but the thunder of his power, who can understand? So here's, right here in this stretch from 5 through 13, we have a record of the angel wars and of, of one of the top created beings. As a fleeing serpent, God shattered and pierced and cut up pieces. Okay, And over here we have Psalm Eight. Let's see. Um, Sorry, Psalm 89. O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. 
This isn't talking about a raging ocean or sea like the Caspian Sea on this planet. This is talking about the angel wars, the raging of the sea. The sea composed of many waters and waters composed of many uh, peoples and tongues and nations and etc. right? The raging of the sea, this rebellion, this war within the fallen one-third, and God stills them. And then another reference to Rahab. Verse 10, you crushed Rahab like a carcass, and you scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. This is war, folks, the angel wars. And then 11, the heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. That's God's, okay? The world and all that is in it, you have founded them, okay? So God, what he's doing is he's taking back that which was taken from him. He's taking it back and he's engaging directly in war with these top-tier creatures that he had previously created and they previously, up to a certain point, they had been perfect. But they had become corrupted by Lucifer and then sided with him in this war. Okay, let's see. Okay, Job 9, verse 13. God will not turn back his anger. Beneath him uh, bowed the helpers of Rahab. So Rahab had some helpers, okay? So picture Rahab as a top-tiered created being, like a top five-star general in Lucifer's armies, as well as Leviathan and Behemoth. Three five-star generals. And any five-star general is going to have those underneath him or her under their command as helpers. And so what God had done to Rahab just scared them <laughs> to pieces to the point where they they bowed down. It's like they cowered in fear before the Most High God in what they saw him doing to Rahab. What would he do to them? They were cowering in fear. So right there, just in concerning Rahab, we have a very you know, angel war thing going on here. Okay, turning over to Leviathan, Isaiah chapter 27, verse 1. In that day the Lord with his hard and great and strong sword, so God's got a sword that he wields, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. So not only was Rahab a fleeing serpent, but Leviathan was a fleeing serpent also. Leviathan, the twisting serpent coiling serpent and God will slay the dragon that is in the sea the dragon serpent now I say dragon dash serpent because there's a tie-in to Revelation chapter 12 the great red dragon that we know is Lucifer slash Satan the okay so dragon dash serpent then is subordinate directly subordinate to Lucifer himself. These are the three five-star generals in his, in his, under his command. So God is now engaging Leviathan, but Leviathan gets away. Okay, so fleeing. We have Rahab fleeing. We have Leviathan fleeing. Now, does that sound like a planet to anybody? 
Does a dragon sound like a planet? Does a planet sound like a dragon or a serpent? Okay, anybody? <laughs> you know, no, it doesn't. So how could how could how could we resolve this issue that some people believe that the fifth planet that was blown in our solar system was Rahab, the planet Rahab? Well, there is an explanation. Okay, so these beings, Rahab, Leviathan, Behemoth, picture. Um, sometimes generals, because they're so important to the overall war effort, five-star generals, whatever, you know, one-star generals, they get out of harm's way so they can live another day to fight and coordinate the war effort, right? But they have the grunts on the front lines, taking the battle, taking the injuries, getting destroyed, you know, so the generals can live on to uh, continue the war effort, the planning, the coordination, etc., so these guys are fleeing the scene of the crime. God's forces are closing in on them, and they are fleeing. They're getting out of harm's way. They're trying to get out of our solar system, I mean our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy. And if you know about our solar system, it's on the outer fringes of the Milky Way. It was a nice spaceport solar system. Because beyond our solar system, you enter into the expanse, where there supposedly is nothing. Um, Star Trek colon Enterprise deals beautifully with the expanse, that area where there appears to be nothing and no life, but it's still teeming with life forms. Okay, you just their instruments were not calibrated to detect any kind of life within the expanse. They were calibrated to detect life within a galaxy or a solar system, but not in the expanse. So they found out that there was actually life forms and entire civilizations beyond their instrumentation living in the expanse. So that's the expanse of space between galaxies. They were trying to get out of this galaxy and probably go into some other galaxy or some other, like a wormhole, uh, Stargate scenario where they can just get out of here, right, <laughs> and live to fight another day. So they end up in our solar system, and it's like if you have to, if you don't know what the Philadelphia experiment is. It was conducted, look it up, the Philadelphia Experiment, 1943 USS Eldridge Destroyer Escort in the Philadelphia shipyards. Einstein's unified field theory. So they hooked up um, the Eldridge with these huge generators and, and uh, flipped the switches, and the Eldridge is engulfed in a green fog and disappears. And boop, there's it over in the Norfolk, Virginia shipyard. And as soon as like three sailors on a dock were just, you know, minding their own business, just another day in the shipyard. And out of the corner of their eyes, they noticed something that wasn't there before. As soon as they looked over, it was, it was gone. And it reappeared back in Philadelphia shipyard. Now, there's another angle to that is that it went through a time warp of some sort, okay? But it obviously went through some kind of alteration in time, space, and matter. Some of the uh, sailors... <clears throat> never came back. They were left in the great void somewhere. Okay. Um, <clears throat> some sailors appeared to be normal other than shaken from their experience, but they could walk and talk and move around, and uh, they were quickly whisked, whisked away to a mental institute so nobody would believe their story, right? <clears throat> and then there were some sailors that were 
fused or melded within the bulkhead of the ship itself. And there's no way anybody could get them out. You could not blowtorch because the ship was part of their bodies. Their bodies were part of the ship. They could not separate the two. Now, how scary is that, huh? Use that concept to understand that between in an, in an atom, for example, the nucleus, the proton, the neutron, and then you have electrons, electron shells, okay? It, the space between the, the uh, nucleus and the electrons and the various shells are um, very <clears throat> similar to the space between our sun and its planets in comparison. There's vast amounts of space between the nucleus and these electron shells. Vast amounts of space. So what could possibly inhabit those spaces? Okay. So <clears throat> there's a potential for a lot there, just like the expanse between galaxies, the expanse between a nucleus and an electron shell. And we know there's a lot of atoms that make up anything. Okay, a lot of them. So there's a lot of empty space within what we consider three-dimensional matter. There is a lot of empty space there. Okay, <clears throat> for other multi-dimensional beings to occupy. Okay, so imagine that these beings, the shockwave, the shockwave of the angel wars, in Isaiah chapter 24, and there's other uh, references and other scriptures, but the earth is shaken up and down like a bobber, <clears throat> uh, violently whipped up and down in the ways of a lake or an ocean, up and down, <clears throat> back and forth, violently shaken. Okay, so picture that on, on, a, on a molecular level, on an atomic level, that the matter itself is being shaken. And you have these higher dimensional beings, these three generals that are trying to escape, and they come into our solar system that's being bobbled up and down internally, <laughs> and they, <clears throat> they become phase-locked. It's like magma, for example. When it comes out of a volcano, it's molten lava. But when it cools, and the more it cools the more you can see potential differentiations of the various elements within that magma that we then later call different types of rocks. Okay, So when this bobber effect, this vast shaking of um, these planets and stuff, and starts to settle down, they become phase-locked within them. So that's one way I see to reconcile how you could call this fifth planet Rahab. A planet is not a dragon serpent, and a dragon serpent is not a planet. But if Rahab became phase-locked within Maldek, and then Maldek later gets blown, then Rahab got blown along with it because Rahab was phase-locked. <clears throat> Likewise, Leviathan and Bemoth became phase-locked on this planet. Now, I am aware of the uh, creation stories regarding Leviathan and Bemoth, that they were uh, created on the uh, fifth day, sixth day. So 
uh, Leviathan being a sea creature would have been the fifth day, and Behemoth being a land creature on the sixth day. I'm aware of, of those creation stories, but I tend to believe that the way that certain information comes together, information, um, that explanation doesn't, in my opinion, gel, doesn't play out properly. Because what we see in the book of Revelation is that these characters are are allowed and or forced to come back into play. <clears throat> okay, so Revelation chapter 13, verse 1, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. What sea beast are we talking about? Leviathan having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Um, I might be coming up to the limit here, so I'll quick, okay? So this is something I believe, in my opinion, the Lord showed me a number of years ago that Leviathan ties into this beast. And then the beast from the earth, verse 11, then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, that's Behemoth. And he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And you can continue reading there. Okay. <clears throat> now Rahab, where does Rahab come in? Rahab that was cut to pieces. Well, when we read the uh, seventh seal, the wrath of the Lamb of God, the trumpet judgments, we see the first one, and hail and fire followed mingled with blood. And they were thrown to the earth. And then the second the second angel sounded like a great mountain burning with fire. Then a third, a great star from heaven burning like a torch. Could this be the remnants of Rahab now brought to bear as judgment upon this earth? <laughs> and, and we haven't haven't even tied in Planet X, you know, the Nubiru, the dark sun planetary system coming into our solar system that ties into this framework. And I'll talk about that next time. And get into the cool. three days of dark. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome, man. Very good show. Very, very thought-provoking as always. Very deep as always. And what I really liked about uh, tonight's analysis is the literalism associated with the beast rising out of the water like that. Because I, I too, am a literalist, and I strongly believe that if you... Um, if there is any possibility whatsoever with the most vivid imagination that you might, you know, we'll call it a sanctified imagination, that you can apply a literal interpretation to a scripture instead of a metaphorical interpretation, it's always a winner. It's an Occam's razor winner, and you may have very well nailed it, in, at least in the way I feel about the scriptures when I read them. When I see monsters and aliens and creepy things all over Revelation, and I'm like, that's why I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got to like watch <laughs> yeah. Stephen King's movie, The Mist, you know, just exactly. to get an idea of what the easygoing times are going to be like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
So yeah, no, I I okay. think it was absolutely a fabulous rendition of 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 a high, which probably has a high level of likelihood of being correct. Yeah. Okay. So which for me, next time I'll, uh, for me, it's saying yeah. a lot because usually I just want to go like you know, wait a minute, time warp, a hundred percent DNA activation. What are you talking about? You know. But then, then all of a sudden it's like, hey. You know, you read the scriptures and you're thinking that very well could be those creatures. Um, yeah. So yeah, okay, no, so very, very, very fascinating. Next time I will read. Um, if anybody wants to do their homework, Job 41 is, I think, the entire chapter deals with Leviathan. So don't read it only on the physical level, but imagine Leviathan as a top-tiered created being but phase-locked within the earth, within the seas, the waters of the earth. Job 40 deals with behemoth, same thing. Behemoth is portrayed as like an ox or a hippopotamus, but that's the tra- traditional understanding. What if we elevate our understanding that he was a dragon-serpent of a different physical, uh, you know, because God is a God of individuality. He's not oh, a God that where... clones. I got it. see? I got it. No, that makes absolute sense. You're saying that Leviathan is Hillary Clinton. I'm totally with you on this, brother. I can't wait until we get together a month from now. God bless you. Thank you all for joining us. And, and, then, today, October the 26th. and then the Yu-Gi-Oh, the Yu-Gi-Oh tie-in for you I know. Yu-Gi-Oh fans Yu-Gi-Oh. out there. The Yu-Gi-Oh tie-in. right out of the... Exactly. It does. Uh, Leviathan yep. flops on his back, and then just like in the Alien series with Sigourney Weaver, Yu-Gi-Oh! That's pops right. right out of Leviathan's stomach, and it's game over. Yep. Hallelujah. Yep. All right. Thanks, <laughs> okay. brother. Great program. We'll see you next, uh, well, 30 days. Count them down. God bless you all. See you Friday night prayer vigil, hopefully. Lord willing.
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory. 